welcome to episode 38 of the Animal Addicts podcast. This, of course, was our listener's choice episode for the month, and you will not be disappointed by our Animal of the Week. This was also a bit of a groundbreaking episode for us as we found Casey's kryptonite for cute. As always, we have some more awesome favorites, some not-so-great news from Casey, and I talk about an adorable breed-specific animal. And now, let's dive into episode 38 of the Animal Addicts Podcast. of the Animal Addicts Podcast. As always, we're your hosts, Allie. And Casey. And today we're going to talk about a whole new lot of animals. Super basic today. Thank you, Elle. <laughs> anyway, um, but before we get into um, all of our animals, Casey, what have you been up to since last time I saw you? So, for one of my classes, one of my things I have to do is take photographs of insects and record behaviors in my notes, because at some point I will be doing a bigger project on a certain behavior that I pick from that subset. Okay. And I like bees, so I'm trying to get pictures of like native bees, mm -hmm. but they don't like me. Okay, why don't they like you? Because as soon as I see one, mm -hmm. I take a single step in its direction, it flies away. Oh no. I well, can't get anywhere you're close. you gonna eat it or something. Yeah. But I'm like, I just want a picture of it. Also, I was sure. also I was stupid in one of my taxonomic assessments because I was just letting it get generated by itself and then picking that. And I should for one of these I should have known better because like looking back I was so stupid because I took a picture of a bee, very small. The one that it's the app suggested was a tribe Meliponini, which are um, stingless bees. Okay. I should have caught that immediately as wrong, because I know that stingless bees are in the tropics. Oh, maybe. <laughs> and they're not found in Southern California. I mean, everything's so weird these days, though, that who knows? Maybe it is yeah. here. And it's like, there is another guy that actually is a researcher <laughs> that made the correction, and that they are, it was a sweat bee, because Meliponini is not found in California. Hmm. Oops. Yeah. And I'm also annoyed because, like, I cannot get a picture of a bee, but somehow I was able to get a picture of this tiny parasitoid. Oh. <laughs> Yet not these bees. Because some of them are actually pretty large. It makes some me upset. Some bees are? Yeah. I'm just used to, like, your average honeybee, I guess. So. Yeah. Honeybees are actually very large for a bee. Most bees are really tiny. Oh, Sweat really? bees are tiny. Yeah. Now I want to see one. Well, I'll show you a picture of one on my phone. Well, at a later time. At a later time. <laughs> All right. So the bees don't like you. That's very sad and unfortunate. Yeah. But my um, my systematics professor would have been proud of me because um, he researches a parasitoid um, superfamily called Chalcidoids. And I was looking at the parasitoid I pictured. I was like, I think that's a Chalcidoid. I looked it up and it's like, it is a Chalcidoid. <laughs> did you send it to him and say, no. hey, I got this? I did not. Oh, is this a current professor or a previous professor? It was last quarter. Oh, okay. Which is like two weeks ago. Yeah, I feel like you could send it to him and be like, look what I found. Yeah. That's fun. Mm -hmm. um, I, I don't know why this just made me think of it because of nightmares, I guess. 
Oh, that's why I thought of it. Okay. Um, you were saying, because they were saying, like, they're in the tropics, they shouldn't be here. But I'm like, well, but a while ago, we had those, like, venomous sea snakes washing up on our shores that aren't supposed to be here either. And then that made me think snake swimming, which aren't supposed to happen. And then I've told you about the hiking group I'm on on Facebook. They're just posting snakes everywhere, and you just need to go hiking anywhere. They also posted one, Casey. I forgot to tell you about it because I looked away almost immediately. What? One of the snakes is going through the water. I think it was like a some sort of king snake or it's mm-hmm. or a racer or whatever. It's like the green, oh, yeah. like kind of a yellow stripe, I think, on the side. Anyway, and it's just swimming through the water like nothing. I'm like, mm, yep. no, I'm not supposed to be in the water. Sometimes you play in that water. I don't want a snake in there with me. Yeah, I found a snake swimming the a stream once before. I don't like it. I do. It's cool. They no. like slither. I mean, they're like they're very graceful, but I don't want them in the water with me. You know, there's a species of flying snake. I just we're not yeah. <laughs> Not getting into it. I just mm, nope. They belong on the ground or in like the bushes and stuff. They don't belong in the air or in the water. We've been through this. Uh, anyway, um, but yeah, and um, I'm full disclosure, folks. We are recording this episode and the next episode far in advance because I get my surgery this week. Well, not this week, but I will already have had it by the time this airs. Getting your body chopped up. <laughs> yes. Um. So I'm getting surgery, so I will not be able to, like, do anything for a while. Um, also, one of those intros is going to sound really, really interesting because, yep, didn't think that through. So that's I know. Welcome mm-hmm. now. It's going to be this. That's how I'll be talking to you. So, um, oopsies. <laughs> but anyway, so yes, we're recording things ahead. So things might happen that we don't address because we're in the future. We're in the past. We're in the future. I don't know. Whatever. The future's coming. I don't want it to, though. <laughs> I don't want... Can I just live in a different dimension void of time? Probably not. I'm going to be better. <laughs> anyway. But, um, yeah, so I've just been trying to scramble to get everything done because I get that going when we're recording this this week. And um, and it's a lot. There's just so much shit that has to be done ahead of time because everything has to be hip level because I'm not allowed to bend over. Or yeah, stoop. I wasn't allowed to pick anything up after my surgery. Yeah, I can't pick up anything over more than 10 pounds, which means I can't pick up the cat. And I can't bend over or stoop at all. So I'm like... That's weird. Even if it's light, I'm not allowed to do that. So everything mm-hmm. has to be hip level or higher that I need. And I have to, like, sleep elevated and all kinds. But I can't sleep in the recliner because I don't trust that the cat won't jump on my face. So I have to sleep in my bed and just, like, prop that's, a bunch of pillows and stuff. That's what I think I miss about having my cats was, <laughs> it's weird, but sometimes they would come up and sleep in my bed. Only one of them. Yeah, it's nice when they sleep in your bed, but it's not nice when, yeah. like, the other night she jumped He would sleep chest. on my back, though. Oh, that's weird. She jumped on my chest the other day. So I'm like, this is why I can't sleep in the recliner, which would be so much easier because I can't risk that you're not going to jump on my face mm-hmm. and do do away with all the work they just did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very expensive. Um, anyway, and also painful. Talk about like it's plastic surgery. It's... I know. It's almost <laughs> like if I wanted to change something about my nose, like this would be the time to do it, although it would be more expensive, I'm mm-hmm. sure. But like I don't hate my nose enough to do anything yeah. with it. Because plastic surgery is just like, I feel like most of the time it doesn't come out how you want it to. <laughs> yeah. I actually so. watched this one YouTube video of a doctor saying it's like, it was like top five awful plastic surgeries that should not be done. Yeah. Because <laughs> like they had like um, a high disfigurement or high death rate or oh. both. Oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah, that's really bad. I feel like nose jobs are pretty standard though. Yeah. I don't remember anything with regard to yeah. nose jobs. But I know. I almost feel like I'm getting that because I'm going to 
you all like crazy and you know it's very expensive because yeah. my insurance is not the best because American health care woo yeah I'm selling my parents until you got August so lucky duck. <laughs> I'm milking that out right now <laughs> But now at least I think I've hit my deductible and my out-of-pocket, so now mm-hmm. I should do everything I need to do this year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I should be good. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah, so I'm trying to get everything done, which also means prepackaging um, Tiger Lily's food for two weeks, um, which hopefully she'll lose some weight yeah. because she's already run out of food at times, and then the person who feeds her is like, she's out of food. I'm like, yeah, then she's out of food, isn't she? Mm-hmm. She'll get food tomorrow. Some food Do you give her ad-lib food, or does she, she have feeding times? Food. Um, usually it's kind of the, the kibble, she's free feeds. Mm-hmm. It's just a certain amount. It should be a certain amount. I don't think it was before <laughs> as a problem, but now it is pre-portioned. Mm-hmm. Um, plus I'm also mixing her old food with a new food, so that's part of why I need it to be pre-portioned. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll see if this new food even works, but it is, I don't know if I'm going to stick with it because I'm pretty sure it's grain-free and I don't want her on grain-free for mm-hmm. everything. It's just not the best. And I know, as far as I know, she doesn't have an allergy. Um... But yeah, she she has her kibble throughout the day, which I think she gives it to her in the morning, and then it just lasts all day. But then at night mm-hmm. she's like, she's out. And I'm like, then she's out. <laughs> and then she gets half a can of wet food in the morning and half a can of wet food at night. Yeah. So we might have to start cutting that stuff back too. We'll see. Mm-hmm. I just got to see how she does with pre-portioned, not getting extra. Mm-hmm. Start there. Because that was enough to keep Affy at a good weight. Before she got old and yeah. it on. But anyway, so yeah, so just uh, the craziness of trying to get everything done before mm-hmm. surgery is nutso. Mm-hmm. Absolutely nutso. So anyway, yeah, also look for some um, special things coming from the podcast probably later in the month because <laughs> I will have time. <laughs> He'll be at home unable mm-hmm. to do most things. So I'll have time suddenly to work on some stuff I wanted to do for the podcast. Mm-hmm. So we'll probably have some extra stuff coming out toward the end of the month. So an eye out or an ear out you know whatever (laughs) anyway but we should move on into our animals that we want to talk about today not animals well mine's not well mine's an animal mine's not (laughs) well is yours at least related to animals because it should be since it's it's related to the environment all right and repercussions for animals okay that's close enough that's related Mm -hmm. all right well case is going to talk about his somewhat off topic sort of not really is this going to be very sad maybe (laughs) okay all right. I don't yes. Know. Go, go, Casey. So the oceans are becoming more stable. Okay. It's not good. It's not a good thing. <laughs> no, because when they talk about the stability of the ocean, they're talking about the layer because there's basically different layers of water in the ocean, and there's should be mixing of the different layers with the surface layer being warmer water, and then okay. as you go down deeper, it gets colder. That makes sense. Typically, there's a good amount of mixing. That's how you get upwellings like up in Monterey, and that's why they have high productivity. Upwellings? What's an upwelling? It's where the cold water from down in the abyss <laughs> upwells towards the surface. Oh. And then it brings up nutrients and stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. So one of the problems... Why does cold bring up nutrients? Because things just kind of sink down and uh, rest down there. Okay. I'll Every, take gravity. it for it. <laughs> the simple answer? Gravity. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, one of the problems is without the water mixing is so now all there's not as much because the ocean is basically kind of a good way of absorbing heat because water has a very high specific heat. 
Then the problem now is without that mixing, mm -hmm. it's just the surface water that's retaining that heat, and so surface temperatures of the Earth are rising mm -hmm. instead of it like getting mixed and going down, going down and, yeah, okay. and get more evenly distributed. Okay. And another big thing is what I was just talking about with regards to nutrients, because now that there's much more nutrients down below, and you want one of the reasons why there's so much um, diversity and fauna up in places like Monterey is because those upwelling brings up all the nutrients, and then the, all the phyto, there's all the zooplankton and phytoplankton can use up the nutrients, and then the whole food web becomes much more right. abundant and diverse. So things eat the plankton. Yeah. yeah, and now that the ocean layers are becoming more stable, there is not that same mixing effect. So now the oceans cool. are becoming less productive in the upper levels. Cool, 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 cool. Mm -hmm. It's all great. It kind of ties into what we talked about, well, I guess, two times ago. <laughs> um, yep. Environmental issues. Yes. It's just a mess. So what can we do to fix it, Casey? Do they give any suggestions? So at the end, I'm just going to read this subtitle of the article. Okay. This was published in... It's how the ocean is becoming more stable. Why that might not be a good thing. Publish on fizz.org. So you can go read the whole thing, get a better understanding of it, hopefully. But it says, and I quote, Ocean circulation is constantly evolving with natural variations and human-induced changes. The increasing stability of the... By the way, this is a technical term that I didn't want to use, but pycnocline. Pycnocline? P-Y-C-N-O-C-L-I-N-E. Pycnocline. Pycnocline, I believe is how it's pronounced. It's just one part of an extremely complex puzzle that oceanographers are striving to solve. To predict future changes in our climate, we use numerical models of the ocean and atmosphere that must include all the physical processes responsible for changing them. We simply don't have computers powerful enough to include the effects of small-scale turbulent processes within a model that stimulates conditions over a global scale. We do know that human activity is having greater than expected impact on fundamental aspects of our plant systems, and we may not like the consequences. Okay, that sounded very complicated. Yes. TBH. <laughs> um, okay, well... Basically, we're going to be needing more research so we can use... Um, have better input into our models to make better predictions and know how to do anything to yeah, exactly work around it okay well yay for depressing but good news people i have something cute <laughs> lined up so i thought this was funnier than it was now that i'm looking at it again but, <laughs> but it's still pretty good <sighs> casey you, it's you like love, you love our, when we talk about our dog breeds and the akc descriptions you mean the things that don't exist mm, they do <laughs> anyway, um, and I think the Great Pyrenees is still the winner with the shedding enthusiastically and nothing to do but stare at sheep all day. <laughs> Sit on a mountain. Yeah, that one is the best. Stare That's at far. sheep all day. That's pretty great. But sometimes we shake it up, Casey, and we don't just talk about doggies. We talked about a kitty once. Today we're talking about bunnies. I love bun oh, bunnies. That's one thing I've missed about working at a pet store was the bunnies. I miss all the animals from working <laughs> at a pet store. I like have a lack of animals in my life right now, and mm -hmm. it is, it's affecting me. Yeah. Anyway, so today I'm going to talk about the Holland Lop. Oh, I love Holland I figured you liked it from its Holland, and it's a Lop, and I just find that cute. 
Netherlands. Is it actually from the Netherlands? Yeah, we're going to talk about it. Awesome. Okay. Um, so I'm just going to read this. This is from the ARBA.net site, and that is the American... What does it say what it actually is? It doesn't want to tell me. American Rabbit something. Something. Oh, no, now I've lost my Holland blob. Is there a rabbit called an American chinchilla? Okay, there... Yes, there's also one. I'm just... Listeners, you cannot see this, but... Does this look like a rabbit to you? This looks like a guinea pig. That's a guinea pig. (laughs) That's not a rabbit. What the heck? That's not a rabbit. I don't know what that is. You know, this reminds me of like reading chapters in the On the Origin of Species because like Europeans were like obsessed with breeding weird pigeons. They're obsessed with a lot of things. They're also obsessed with rabbits. Let me tell you that right now. (laughs) So anyway, so we're going to start with our Holland Lock. And um, I will find the actual name of this, but I'm pretty sure it's the American Rabbit something, something, something. Um, ARBA. So, originally developed by Adrian de Kock of the Netherlands. There you go. It is Netherlands. With the purpose of creating a dwarfed lop-eared rabbit that was smaller and easier to handle than the larger French lop. The venture was long and challenging, but ultimately rewarding, as the breed was recognized by the Arba in 1979. Today, the Holland Lop is one of the top five most popular breeds in the Arba. It's compact size, paired with... Does that translate to the world as well as in terms of ownership? I don't know, but at least in America (laughs) It's compact size, paired with the large head and lopped ears, makes it a beautiful addition to the rabbit world. Maximum weight, four pounds. Mm-hmm. So that's all they say on this page. Um, but then if we go look into a little more, um, a little more into it, the one that on there you can click on it. Uh, it's as under find a breeder, which is really weird, but it takes you to like the um, the group page, but you have to like join it. It's real weird. Um, and mm-hmm. they give you a bit more of history of it, which is basically just talking about how the Dutch dude brought it over and it went to Europe and they've all, it's a crazy thing. And it was super crazy popular. And it's the whole thing, and people are obsessed with rabbits, is basically what we're learning from this. I'm not going to read this whole thing, but I might link it so you can read it if you want to. But just the nitty-gritty of it. So this is from, this nitty-gritty breakdown, because they don't have it on the group site, is from rabbitpedia.com. Okay? Okay. We're just going to get to what? There's a a specific Wikipedia for literally every type of animal on Earth. I regularly go onto ant wiki all the time and of course you do yes of course you do okay so we don't care about the breed standard we don't care about that right okay mm-hmm. so their name obviously the holland lop or lops in this case <laughs> size they are four pounds slash small <laughs> what i don't know why they've written it that way but four pounds okay their lifespan is about five to seven years really Mm-hmm. their temperament sweet does well with children uh, price, we don't care about that, but it's $50. I Cost, can't afford it. I know I can afford it, too. Hey, I already have to rabbit-proof my house because of a stupid cat, so I really do want to get a rabbit at some point. So do I. Um, cost of owning, $500. I feel like that might be undershooting it a bit, but when you look mm-hmm. at having to get all the supplies, but whatever. Yeah. Um, ownership level, beginner, intermediate, and advanced. It's all three. I don't know how it's all three, but it says beginner, so great. We can all try mm-hmm. it. Maybe don't all try it, but... Their breed classification, four class. No idea what that means. I'm going to guess that's like... Four class? Yeah, I'm going to guess that's probably like the hunting group and stuff, so I'll have to look into that more. I don't know. I don't know. It's a rabbit thing. It's like the AKC, but for rabbits, Casey, what am I supposed to do? (laughs) I didn't have enough time to look fully into it. Folks, I will follow up, okay? 
Um, <gasps> additional standard items, very popular. You're like dying because you're just looking at rabbits now. No, it's sad. Like the wild species that they're domesticated from is endangered. It's so cute. Oh, it is really cute. It looks like a rabbit, dude. It just looks like a rabbit. Have you ever seen a jackrabbit? I don't think I've ever seen. They're one. hideous. Okay. <laughs> anyway, um, and they're recognized in many colors. So there you go. I'm not going to get into the the um, the breed standards because you know who cares. But wait. They are 1.5 kilograms, so about three to four pounds. Okay, they're not cute, but they're not ugly. He's showing me a hair. Um, we're talking about the Holland Lop, Casey. We're talking about the Holland Lop, okay? Don't look at the other rabbit. It's rude. So they have, um, as I was saying, they're 1.5 kilograms or 3.4 pounds um, to 1.6 kilograms or 3.8 pounds because that's, important and of course the max weight they want them at is four pounds um and let's see they have all kinds of colors their coat is described as dense good length roll back with an ample amount of guard hairs legs and pads are to be well furred <laughs> it is better than the AKC. <laughs> it is better oh my gosh um you know i remember um going to del mar fair i don't ever remember seeing rabbits for like the shows and stuff. I think I do remember seeing rabbits, but I never went because that's something mm. I care about. Okay, and then just so you know, this is um, some little things just telling you, oh my gosh, they also have a list of 5,000 bunny names off to the side. I just saw that. That's crazy. Okay, but this also tells you, okay, how, that... do you how do you care for your Holland's Lop, Casey? So, Holland Lops are small and easy to handle and require only basic grooming. They do well with weekly brushings and a regular nail trimming being done on the average of once per month. They also do well on a wire-bottomed surface in their cage, which assists in keeping their fur clean. And, as with all rabbits, they should not be bathed. Do not bathe your rabbit. Otherwise, they should be in a cage that is a minimum of 18 inches by 24 inches. However, the bigger, the better. It's always a great rule of thumb to follow. Um, it's always a great rule of thumb to follow in regards to cage space. That's like any pet for the most part, except mm -hmm. for a beta. Because sometimes I'm like, this is over. This is overkill for one beta. Like, what are you saying is overkill? Like a twenty gallon tank. Oh yeah, I say ten. Yeah, no, but I've had a I had a customer one time. And they're like, I only have a beta twenty gallon tank right now. I'm like, oh my god, this fish is like, what do I do? Um, I do remember on um, one I learned. A lot from working with the rescue that brought the bunnies. And it's really? like, yes. And they told me a lot of information that I would try to relay to people, but they never listened to no, me. No, they don't listen to you anyway. And it's like, they're supposed to be housed inside. Yeah. Give them free just range. safer anyway. Yeah. You need to know how to bunny proof stuff. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I'm doing that already for a freaking cat. <laughs> anyway, and their diet should primarily consist of Timothy hay plus a good, high quality pellet food. Mm hmm. As well as clean, fresh drinking water. No shit. Um, <laughs> giving treats is okay as long as it is done so in moderation and only with rabbit-safe items. Mm -hmm. um, and additionally, they always appreciate a good chewy thing. And there's things like that. Um, and they they also tend to be fans of playing with pet-safe toys, which could be bought at any local store. I do remember seeing a lot of like cat toys. I feel like in the bunny things. Yeah, they used quite a few cat toys. Mm-hmm. And some of them really went to town with some of their toys. It was so cute. I love the bunnies. They're so cute. Yeah. But anyway, so that's basically. Oh, the and bunnies. Then, and there is a there is a there is a section of is my is my Holland Lop show quality. 
Ugh. Anyway. Show animal people are... They're a particular type. Another breed. They are. They are. <laughs> but anyway, so that is a bunny, the Holland Lop. And um, so we know a little bit about them. They're so cute. Even Casey's melting for a bunny. Who knew? That's all it took, guys. It was a bunny. Bun bunnies are what it takes. That's a fun bun. That's They're little bun buns. <laughs> You're oh my god! We found Casey's curves tonight, everybody. It's bunnies. I should have done this from the beginning. I I would love one so much, but I live near a military base, and so they're blowing up stuff all the time. My house quakes, and it's like I wouldn't want to stress it out. And that's true. It might get stressed. They do stress really easily mm-hmm. in general bunnies. But I do want to get one really mm-hmm. bad someday. But yeah, do they say whether or not to use either water bottles or like? Bowls, because I remember we always used bowls with the bunnies. Um, I don't think it said. It might have, because I didn't look at this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but this also, I you know, I'm only taking so much out of these places because I don't know how much, how trustworthy it necessarily is. The yeah. sources. I mean, I feel like this is pretty good, and they have the information. But, yeah. Um, like, I don't think it says uh, on this specifically, but I'm sure we can find that information mm-hmm. out. I also remember finding out about like how their litter pan is also where you're, they eat. Not the pellets, but the hay. So weird. They also eat their poop. So many animals do. It's so weird. <laughs> it's, I mean, they're doing it to get their nutrients, but I'm, I mean, they're recycling. It's to get the water. The water is what Yes, because they're really, they dehydrate easily Ugh. with their diet, so they eat it to get as much water as they can. Okay, now I'm puking. <laughs> like, I don't know, eating dry poop is one thing. Eating wet poop is... <laughs> Disgusting. <sighs> anyway, um, but yes, yeah, so the Holland Lop. So at some point we'll talk about more kitties and more bunnies mm-hmm. and obviously more dogs. Yep. But I just figured we'd shake it up with the bunny. Yes. There's a lot of bunnies out there <laughs> and the cute. And I figured Casey would like the Holland Lop because it's Holland and they're from the Netherlands. Yeah. <laughs> That's not. <laughs> that was a weird. Nose. Representing here. <laughs> yeah. There's also like I think the smallest rabbit breed is like the Netherlands dwarf, and mm-hmm. they're really cute. I think too. it is because that's the one. I have a friend. Mm-hmm. Who I got the idea of bunnies because she's knows a lot about bunnies, and I was like, what bunnies should we talk about? And I think that's the one she recommended. But All then right. when I was looking through them, I was like, I feel like this one's a little more has a weirder name honestly <laughs> and stuff but we'll get through them but there's yeah she said that they're they're very interesting though so but i didn't have enough time to like really mm-hmm. research i just looked at this one website so yeah. and they don't have a lot of info like at least akc gives you a lot in one spot this place mm-hmm. is like go find it like, okay that's it's like my labs that's what you're supposed to do <laughs> this isn't homework you're supposed mm-hmm. to have all the breed standards and all that stuff here so i can mm-hmm. easily know what i want to know but anyway yes, so bunnies but that has us moving on into our, our picks of the week, our favorites for this week, which is nothing like a bunny. No. We'd probably eat a bunny given a chance. Not these ones. <laughs> They're too small. Okay, well, the bigger ones. The giant versions. They just look scary. The giant ones. They're or cool. The... Okay, anyway. <laughs> and I chose it. Basically, my brain just went, let's try to stick to ocean. I don't know. What have we not done in the ocean? So, eels. Yeah. Even though eels don't freaking me out as much as snakes in the water. <laughs> Oh, and when we were looking at these, one of them looked like a freaking sea crate, abandoned mm-hmm. sea crate. It looked like it, and I was like, what is this? Yeah. What is this? You don't look enough like an eel. <laughs> Which some of the eels are a little scary looking, like their faces are not friendly. Mm-hmm. But like, no, can't be a snake. Yep. Anyway, so Casey, who did you choose for your favorite eel? I chose the snowflake moray. And did you maybe choose that because of how it looks, Casey? Yeah. Ha ha! 
This is the episode, everyone. We found the kryptonite of bunnies, <laughs> and he is choosing a favorite based on appearance. Ha-ha! I don't know much about eels. In my defense, there's a lot unknown about so them. So now you know what it's like for me, because I don't know most much about most of these animals, so I'm like, that one looks yes. cool. Uh, yeah, but I will speak something about moray, other morays. I could not confirm if this moray does has the same thing, but it okay. sounds like something from a horror movie. Terrifying. Okay, go for it. So when they bite prey, it will not be. It will. It will not go because they have a second set of jaws at the back of their skull. I think I remember hearing that about. Yeah, yeah. and they all bring it forward out from their esophagus and start pulling back towards their throat. Yeah, that's creepy. Yeah, that's creepy. <laughs> Just don't get bit by Neil. Also, yeah. they can't eat us because we're too big. Yeah, but I did see a. I remember a show oh, on Animal Planet called Untamed Uncut. Somebody was feeding eels. They were feeding sausages, and he couldn't get it out of the bag, and the meal went for his finger. You can hear it pop off. Ew! Yeah. Gross. Yeah. He got his thumb replaced by his big toe. I don't think I'd want that. <laughs> I, I mean, or, a thumb is very yeah. important, though. Mm -hmm. But, like, can I chop another finger off? Because, like, I don't think I want my big That'd toe on my weird. hand. weird. No, you, you just like take your pinky off or something and make it your thumb instead of a toe. I feel like a toe, a big toe, nonetheless. I think That's it might have been the weird. little toe. I can't remember. It was a long time it's ago. It's still weird. Anyway, okay. Continue on though. Tell us yes. about your chosen one that you chose for its looks. Mm -hmm. Yes. So its scientific name is Echid Echidna nebulosa. Echidna. Yes. Aww. I believe that's how you pronounce it. Okay. I'm going based off of Latin. Okay. And it is found in tropical oceans of the Indo-Pacific, including east coast of Africa, Madagascar, Australasia, as well as North and Central America. Okay. And they typically live in coral reef ecosystems. Occasionally, they'll be found in seagrass beds. And they're a moderately sized eel, average about 50 centimeters. The largest they get is about a meter. Okay. So they have, been, <laughs> they have been known to live into their teens in captivity. Okay. And then get their name due to a dark patterning that somewhat resembles a snowflake pattern. It does kind of. I looked at a picture. Yes. I don't know if I'd really say it's snowflake, but it is pretty. Yes. And they feed mainly on crustaceans, but have also been known to eat smaller species of fish. Okay. And it's primarily a nocturnal species and will spend its... The daytime hiding between rocks and corals in the reefs. Mm -hmm. It is the most common species of eel for the aquarium trade. Interesting. I guess because it's the most attractive. It's the cutest looking. Yeah, it's one of them. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know all the eels. <laughs> I remember one time I was watching Tank and they were looking for a canary eel, which are like impossible to find. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, the cost for this species will range to as little as $20 to as much as over $150. To buy one? Yes. Okay. Yes. Should and people be owning these? If they know what they're doing. Okay. I remember when I was a kid, I wanted a saltwater tank with an eel, this species of eel in it. Yeah. Eels are really cool. They are cool yes. to have that tank. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yes, but you have to feed them with tongs or because they... Thumb? <laughs> well, also, they won't come to like the surface to feed, so you have to make sure they oh, get fed. Okay. Because they'll just sit there. 
Okay, it's like, well, don't be dumb. Yeah. And they are currently listed as least concerned by the IUCN red list. Okay. Population trend is currently unknown. And it is unknown if there are really any significant threat to this species survival because the aquarium trade is not suspected by most scientists to be a major threat. And are we talking private aquariums or like? Both. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. All right. Well, yeah. I chose a similar eel. Um, this was definitely one where I picked a topic and then I was like, you pick first so I can like have <laughs> easier things. And then I thought he picked the one I wanted and then I realized he didn't and I was very happy. <laughs> so I chose the zebra moray eel. Oh boy. So its scientific name is Gymnomorena? Gymnomorena. So I'm going with zebra. But zebra. <laughs> oh, thank goodness for one easy word. They are found along the coast throughout much of the Indo-Pacific. Typically live in reef habitats. They average 50 centimeters, but their max can be 150 centimeters. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Um, they get its common name. That's rude. Okay. What? It's, common, it's just rude to say that. I feel like anytime it's like a common dolphin or a lesser kudu, you know, all those kinds of things are just, they're rude. Okay. <laughs> they get its common name from the banded pattern across its body. Legit, they look like zebras. Like, yeah. It's not even just stripes, like just straight down stripes. Like mm-hmm. they have, uh, it's cool. Anyway, like many species of eel, it is nocturnal and spends most of the day hiding in rocks and crevices. Diet is composed of most xanthid crabs. What is that? It's a species of crab. It's oh. a family of crabs. Oh, great. <laughs> xanthid crabs. Whatever those are. Maybe we'll talk about that someday. And they're true crabs. Yay, because there's so many fake tra- crabs. crabs. Um, but they have also been known to feed on other crustaceans, mollusks, and sea urchins. Uh-oh, one of my favorites eating my favorites. Isn't that nice? All right, here we go. They may be a, pro- I have to read, protogynous, hemophroditus, hemaphrodites, hemaphrodites? Protogynous. Why did I try to make that hemaphrodites? <laughs> Let's try this again. Okay, they may be protogenous. Protogenous hermaphrodites. Okay, there we go. Animals are born female and become males at some point in their lifespan. However, there is more research that needs to be done to draw any conclusions on this. Yeah, as I mentioned earlier, eels are weird. Like, we don't know how they reproduce, we can't find their gonads. Oh, snap. <laughs> you want to salt someone, you're an eel. Such an eel. <laughs> They are listed as least concerned by the IUCN red list. Population trend is unknown. And this species is traded for the aquarium industry and can cost over 200 per individual. Why is this one more fancy? Probably because appearance and it's less common. Mm, that makes sense. And then, however, expert do not consider, experts do not consider the catching of the species to be at a level that would be threatening to the species' existence. So I will obviously be posting pictures of these guys. They're pretty awesome looking. Eels do have kind of scary faces, but like, <laughs> that's your eel impression. Okay. I can't, I can't narrow my you can't face. Can't make it do that. No. No. Um, but these guys are really cute, especially the zebra one. I think they're even cuter because I feel like they're slender, more slender, and they're just they're mm-hmm. cute, which kind of would make them look like more like a snake. But it's not like yeah. that one that looks like a banded sea crate. <clears throat> Unacceptable. Which one was that? Or- 
I don't remember, but it was so thin and it just had this little, like, it was almost like a mane <laughs> going down the back. So it was so much more yeah. thin. So it looks more mm-hmm. like a snake. And I yeah. not, and the face looked like a bandit secret. Mm-hmm. I was like, nope, not okay. I think they still have moray eels over at Birch. Probably. Yeah. They also have wolf eels, but those aren't eels. So many lies. <laughs> so many lies. We should do one of our, our um, challenges should be naming things that say there's something they're not. <laughs> So like the maned wolf, not a wolf, like mm-hmm. all those kinds of things. Pronghorn antelope, not an antelope. Nope. Um, anyway, but yeah, so those are our favorite eels. Sort of creepy crawlies, kind of, but like... They're slithery. Cuter. I think slither in the water. How do you move in the water if it's not a slither? It's slither. Is it still slither? I feel like that has to be terrestrial. No. I feel like you glide. You like shimmy through the water. They're slithering. <laughs> They're not slithering. <laughs> not all... Serpentine type things are slithering. It's rude. I wonder what house you are not. What house I am not? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Have I had some bad slithers in my life? Mm-hmm. Um, but Gryffindor is the best house. Thank you very much. Ravenclaw is. Second, Hufflepuff. <laughs> Hufflepuffs. I mean, no one can argue with the Hufflepuff. They're great. I saw this one video. It was so funny. It's like Hufflepuff just digging in their garden. It's like all the other houses watching Hufflepuff bury a body. <laughs> Hufflepuffs are awesome, though. Uh, I think my sisters are both Hufflepuff. Hufflepuff's good. Gryffindor's the best, but Hufflepuff is a close. Ravenclaw, all the way. Ravenclaw is a third. (laughs) Ravenclaw is definitely, I mean, they all have good qualities, Mm -hmm. but Hufflepuff and Gryffindor, those are the people you really want in your life. (laughs) Anywho. But you probably should have at least one Ravenclaw to, like, get you through some stuff. Yes. (laughs) To think through some things. Um, anywho, but Harry Potter is where we have gotten off. Let's get into our actual animal of the week, which could be by name in Harry Potter. It could have it, been in by Harry name, Potter. yes. It could have been in all kinds of things. Hagrid would have this <laughs> if it were a Harry Potter animal. Mm-hmm. And our animal of the week is the blue dragon. The blue dragon. I thought it was the blue sea dragon. I made an error. <laughs> Blue. Oh, it's actually called Blue Dragon. Is the real name? Well, that's one of its common names. A more commonly used name is the Blue Glaucus. Glaucus? Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. Anyway, it's cool. So tell us about it, Casey. Yes. So these guys come from the order Nudibranchia. Okay. Yes. The family is Glaucidae. Okay. And <laughs> the species name is Glaucus Atlanticus. <laughs> okay. These guys have a pretty wide range. They're found in the Atlantic, Pacific, and Indian Oceans. Okay. And they live in tropical and temperate regions of the ocean. All right. They have a lifespan of maximum one year. Oh, no. Typically only a few months. <gasps> but they're so cute. Yes. And they're among oh, these... They're so little. Yes, they're one, probably second smallest animal of the week at only three centimeters. I didn't realize they were that small. Yes. That's like that big. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Very tiny. Who was our next smallest animal? The smallest is um probably the um the tarsier. Nope. Not that. <laughs> the butterfly. Oh, Alcon yeah. blue yeah, butterfly. Alcon blue butterfly. That would make sense. Yeah. Okay. And the mantis is a little bit bigger. Oh, that's true. That was also small. Mm-hmm. Okay. Continue on. Sorry. Yes. But unlike other nudibranchs that live just in the sediment, this species is pelagic. 
and oh. it swims through the water column. Oh, it's so little, but I guess I will get into that. Are. Okay. They have an air bubble in their stomach. Of course they do. Which allows them to be buoyant and swim throughout the upper levels of the water column. Okay. Yes. They also move around using their feather-like appendages. They're so cute. Which are called serrata. Serrata. Okay. Yes. They are blue in coloration as a form a camouflage against the blue appearance of the ocean. Okay. And they have a grayish back to blend in with the water surface, which is a form of camouflage known as countershading. Is that to be seen from above or below? One's from above, the other's from below. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Like very many, nearly all other sea creatures. (laughs) Okay. Yes. It is also known to flip on its back to reveal its underside to aerial predators to warn them, give them that post-somatic coloration to warn them of their toxicity. Oh, so this is like bright colors go away. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. And like other nudibranchs, talk about like i'm sorry just like putting that in human terms you're just walking and then someone's about to give you trouble you're like (laughs) you want to mess with this (sighs) anyway continue on yes like other nudibranchs the blue dragon is a hermaphrodite okay so each individual produces both eggs and sperm all right however it cannot fertilize its own eggs nor would it want to because that would decrease genetic diversity and increase with yourself. Yes, you would not want that. Then what is the point of them having both? So when you meet another one, it you... doesn't matter who they are. Yes, but with those, it doesn't. Everybody has both, so who cares? You're like, well, which one are we doing? You want to do the sperm today, and I'll do the eggs, or are we switching? It no, up? they do both. They transfer both. Oh, okay. Yeah, same thing with snails and slugs too. That's so weird. Okay. They exchange eggs and sperm. Well, just sperm, so they can fertilize the eggs. Mm, yes. Okay. There are other hermaphrodite species where they will fight to be the male or female. So weird. It's yes. so weird. Okay, mm-hmm. continue. Yes. And here's one of the cooler parts about them. Arguably the coolest thing is they have the ability to incorporate toxins from its prey into its own skin to act as a defense mechanism. I'm sorry. Toxins from its prey? Yes. Into its own skin? Yes. So it's like... Gosh, was that, what was his name, Siler from Heroes, who just, like, steals other people's powers? I don't know that. Basically, yeah, it's a while ago. Um, so they, they'll eat something venomous or whatever. Yes. And then they just, they're like, oh, this is part of me now. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yes. If I want a superhero power, I want that. Yeah. Guess what its preferred prey is. Oh, no. Jellyfish. Something else venomous. The blue-ringed octopus. Octopus? No. Octopus. Um, I need some sort of hint. You were close with jellyfish. Okay. Oh, no. I was the man of war. Oh, shit. Yeah. What the fuck? Those are so big. And this is so small. Yes. Does it go for the tentacles? Yep. So that's yep. how their tentacles get ripped off? Is like a little guy's just like, meh, mine. <laughs> well, maybe a tentacle or two may rip off, but what happens is they'll swim, find a man of war, swim to it, clamp onto the tentacle, then it rips pieces out of the tentacle using its radula. But it doesn't get stung by this? No, it's immune to it. Oh, God. This is cool. Yes. And it uses its radula to pick at it. And what the radula is, that's how all mollusks eat. Mm-hmm. And it's basically a tongue covered with teeth. That is the stuff of nightmares. Yes. If you look up videos of snails eating, you'll see it. They, you'll, you'll see this razor kind of thing just chipping away at vegetables. So if you were to have a snail in your hand, could it do that to your hand? It might try, but wouldn't be able to do much. Would it not be able to get through your skin? I don't know. 
Probably not. Also, most snails are herbivorous. All right. They're like, I don't want this. Yep. But if you put a leaf on your hand, you could watch it, try and eat it, maybe? Yeah. We're going to test that. I'm going to make Casey test that for you guys. We'll film it. (laughs) (laughs) And as I said, the body has evolved so that even when it's eating the tentacles, that it will not trigger the nematocysts to sting it. That's so crazy. Yep. And after consuming the tentacles, it stores the nematocysts, which it harvests from the manivore's tentacles into the serrata, which are the fingery-looking things. things. Yes. We call it jazz fingers. (laughs) 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 Yeah. And the nematocysts can become concentrated from eating several tentacles or any manivores. Also, they will eat other cnidarian species, so they can deliver a toxin that's even more potent than the manivore itself. Gosh. Yeah. Don't pick it up. <laughs> it's another cute thing, like the blue-ringed octopus. It's little, yeah. but don't handle it. Mm-hmm. Do they have to, like, bite you with their little, their, I forgot the name of it already, to in, in, invent No, you, it's, it's just they it's literally just taking the nematocyst from the manivore. Yeah. Nematocyst is an organelle that's in the cell of, like, jellyfish and other things. Okay. And then those get incorporated to its fingertips. So in it the just sw- has to touch you with yep. it. Yep, just touch. So how, how bad would that be? Worse than the manivore in some cases. Oh, boy. Okay. Stay away from cute things in the ocean. Just don't touch things in general. Mm -hmm. Okay? That's the rule. That's the rule. Yes. And this species has not yet been assessed by the IUC in Red List, so we have no idea about its status currently. Huh. But, um... But, yeah, the little squishy thing definitely deserves the name Blue Dragon. Yeah, because it's... (laughs) It's like it's shooting fire at you because I'm yeah. sure when it touches you, it's mm-hmm. going to feel like you're getting burned. Yeah. Um, wow. That is, I did not know any of this about them. I just looked at like a really quick picture and I was like, oh, that's cute. Mm-hmm. That's teeny tiny and it's vicious. Yes. Talk about Napoleon syndrome. <laughs> oh my gosh, complex. <laughs> that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Also, I misspoke. I realized and it just bothers me as a person. I said jazz fingers, which doesn't exist. They're jazz, jazz hands. hands. And there are spirit fingers. <laughs> because as we know, all know. These aren't spirit fingers. <laughs> These are spirit fingers. Oh <laughs> anyway, all right. Well, um, check out the blue. So I'm, I'm guessing that with the IUCN red list, a lot of things that haven't been studied. A, the stuff that's really deep, because how? Mm-hmm. But then this stuff isn't that deep. But it's just like there's just not enough people and time and money to research all these yeah. things. Yeah, IUCN list puts a high priority on vertebrates. Okay. Because if you look at mammals, nearly all mammals have been assessed. of birds haven't been assessed, but only 1% of insects. There are so many insects. Yes. So it would be hard to do. Yes. But then you can also go to flowering plants, in which only 10% have been assessed. Yeah. Well, let's be real. People don't care about plants as much as they do about animals. Well, they should, or else ecosystems fall apart. I mean, we should care about plants, but I'm not going to lie. Like, I don't care about plants as much as (laughs) about animals. Like, plants are also cool and very important, and we do need to protect them as well. Which is why you have to protect entire ecosystems and just not fuck with them. So the plants and the animals can be happy together. Mm Although, of course, we've learned about some animals that migrate, like the monarchs and all that, and they need this one specific plant that's in the Midwest and the U.S., but they live down in Mexico, and then they go up to Canada. It's all crazy. The world is crazy, everyone. Anyway. My um, insect behavior professor actually studies um, insect migrations. And that is interesting. Yeah. But her dissertation was on ant behavior. Hmm. Okay. 
I was walking by, this has nothing to do with migration, but it makes me think of insects, and I freaked out. There was a big old freaking grasshopper, like yay big, mm-hmm. right? Sitting on our little like wall going up the driveway. And I was walking, trying to get my steps in. And I kept walking by it, and I'm like, he's not moving. Like, is he dead? And he was the very, like, brown color, right? So I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it's just your color. But, like, are you dead? Like, what's happening? So I'd wave my hand over him as I walked by sometimes, and he wouldn't flinch. Mm-hmm. One time I waved my hand over, and he jumped. But, of course, he jumped directly at my face. <laughs> I was like, why would you jump at my face? Jump the other way. So then, of course, I'm, like, I'm not screaming, but I'm like, <laughs> Oh, my gosh. So. And the neighbors got to witness that, so that was fun. Yeah, I was collecting insects for my project, and, um... It ha- my mom was working in the garden. It was she found a Jerusalem cricket and called me out to take a picture of it. I think that might be what's been in my room a couple times, and that is terrifying. <laughs> yeah, my sister. What I told her, I needed her to take the picture. Yeah, and it's like she would not come near You're me. You're holding it. Yes. Hail Slano. Oh my gosh. Are they what they think that they are? They look like a mix between like a spider and a scorpion. No, they're an insect. But they look like a freaking scorpion spider thing. Not to me. <laughs> you have to pull that up because I can, I need to know because I have found that in my room sometimes and been like, what the yep. fuck is that? Unlike the blue dragon, you can hold the Jerusalem cricket. But do you want to? Is the question. A little three centimeter guy. You're just gonna be like, oh look at this little guy, and then you die. <laughs> well, you don't die, but you earn pain. Yeah, that's probably it. Mm-hmm. What does his butt look like? <laughs> no, I feel like it had things on his butt though. Like Cersei, the little appendage things. Like. I don't know if that's it, man. I don't mm. think that's it. No, it was like two little hooky things on the back of his butt, I think. Oh, I guess it does. Yeah. They're just not very big. Well, whatever one was in my room had big-ass things on his butt, <laughs> and it was freaking me the hell out. I'm like, what the hell is this yeah. thing that's in my room? Yeah. They belong to a group called mole crickets. They have modified front limbs that allow them to dig. So why do they look so scary? And what's the deal with them? But they're not venomous and they're not going to hurt you. They're not going to bite you. Can no. your cat eat them? Because my cat would probably eat them. Yeah. If she found it. Okay. They just she dig and eat vet, eat roots and stuff. Oh, okay. They spend most of their time underground. I feel a little bit better knowing it's a cricket. Yeah. But Yeah. There's anyway, mole crickets bigger than these guys, too. That I, it just, I did not need that in my room. It freaked me the deuce out. Okay. <laughs> anyway, well, um, can't really transition, transition well. Transition that, but um, Casey... What did the more say to his boss when he had a Now you choose to do it. Yeah, I know. I should have done it earlier. <laughs> have done it earlier. Um, but I just looked at the thing and I'm like, oopsies. Um, what did the more say to his boss when he had to call out from work? Hmm. I don't know. Sorry, I can't come in today. I feel ill. <laughs> it's really lame today. <laughs> Crickets. As we just, that's why. That's why. <laughs> And it was Casey's turn to choose a challenge. So what are we doing today, Casey? A modified animal naming challenge. Okay. Which we're going to be naming any animal that has an adjective in it. Any adjective. So it can be like... Giant. Giant or like a color. Mm-hmm. Or like an attitude. Or p- <laughs> pattern. Oh, yeah. Patterns too, yeah. Okay, great. Okay, I think we can do this. I feel yes. confident. H- how long are we going? Let's say three I think minutes. three is what we usually do for these, yeah. right? We need to, like, set a standard. So these kinds of things we do three, and I think Jeopardy, we do five or ten. I believe it's ten. Ten, okay. It's what we have to do. I only gave you two in the beginning. I looked back. I know. <laughs> no wonder you couldn't get any money. I got gypped. 
I still bid better than you did on mine. That's really rude. So you're just wait for next time. There's one category. <laughs> Good luck. All righty. All right. Who's going first? I am. I'm going okay. first. Okay. Yep. Blue tongue skink. Blue dragon. Okay. Blue tank. <laughs> Yellow tank. <laughs> A sarcastic French head. Green moray eel. Okay. Um, I'm freaking out. Um... Oh my god, a green finch? No, not a finch. It's a parakeet. Yep. Um, blue whale. A colossal squid. Giant squid. We're doing a lot of blues. <laughs> um, a, um, a, a, a giant, is it giant manta ray? Giant oceanic yep. manta ray? Okay, there we go. Let me think. Spotted eagle ray. <laughs> Switch. <laughs> okay. Um, a giant salamander. Fire salamander. <laughs> Fire? I don't <laughs> okay. know about that. Okay, one. um marbled salamander. Okay, we'll go with that. Um, I'm gonna say a that doesn't really make sense. Can I say an orange tabby? Fine. <laughs> okay. I don't have to just be tabby. Um Snowflake Mario. Oh snap! I can't do zebra, that sucks. <laughs> okay, um I'm gonna say a um a Russian blue. Cat. You're doing braids. Uh, <laughs> pink tongue skink. I haven't even heard of that. What? That's a thing? Yes. Um, a red-eared slider. What I have. <laughs> Diamondback terrapin. I guess. Okay. It's like it's a pattern. Okay. I'll go with that. Um, a, I don't know if that counts. A leafy sea dragon? It's leafy? Yeah. Okay. Weedy sea dragon. Oh, that's rude. Um, a striped, nope, it's a zebra thing, not a striped thing. I take it back. Sorry, my bad. Um, well, striped hyena, then. There we'll go with that. All right, spotted hyena. Good. Seriously, man? Uh, I don't know if clouded leopard counts. Are they supposed to look like clouds? Is that why they named it yeah, that? I've, I will count that. Okay. Um, let me think. American Crow. Oh, nationalities now we're doing? That's a description. I mean, it is, adjective. I guess it is. Okay. All right. Fine, fine, fine. I see how you are. I don't I don't know how to go into the other ones. So that's terrible. Okay. Um a does a maned wolf count? It's a maned. Yeah. Okay. Let me think. Blue spotted stingray. A snowy owl? Yep. Okay. Lesser kudu. I don't think there's a greater kudu, is there? Yeah, there it's is. It's a greater kudu. Okay, great. Um, Yellowback duke here. Fringe-eared oryx? Um, Does it count? Yeah. Yay! Look at us! We did so much better than usual. We just had to yes. be all out. <laughs> you know my brain. I don't know about you. It was doing like colors, size. What do you do? How many do we get? We did pretty well. 15, 20, 25, 33. Look at us. In three minutes. That's so many threes. We should buy a lotto ticket. Yes. Anyway, well, I would let us know how you did, everybody, with the challenge today. Hopefully it went well for you, too. I'm really proud of us. That's one of our best challenges yet. Yes. I'm very proud of us. Okay. Great. Maintain that high because it won't last. <laughs> No, because next is my challenge for you, and it's... I think you're going to get a lot of them, but one category especially. 
Is it theater related? Mm -hmm. Of course. Sure is. <laughs> like, I wouldn't get some of them, so. I'm an uncultured swine. I will <laughs> fail. Anyway, and it's not even musicals, so good luck. <laughs> All right, well, that brings us to the end of uh, episode 38. Did you see me look? Yes, I did. <laughs> Catch you next time. <laughs> oh, my gosh. The end of episode 38. Thank you for listening. As always, we're your host, Allie. And Casey. And we will catch you on the flip side, a.k.a. episode 39.